Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Welcome back to the Steroids Podcast. Dan the Bodybuilder in Thailand here, speaking to you from California. I'm going to be going to Belarus on Tuesday. So Belarus is uh, Eastern Europe, Northeastern Europe. Closest ally is Russia. So they're west of Russia, south of the Baltic states, east of uh, Poland, north of Ukraine. Help you triangulate in your head where I'm going to be. Northeastern Europe and I've been studying Russian language uh, for the past month now pretty intensely every day and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun um, it's gonna be my first time over there in Europe um, it's been a it's been a good journey guys um, it's been good to be back in the States for a little while I was in um, Vietnam and I was in uh, Thailand but I was I was living in Vietnam specifically um, right before um up until march 23rd and that's when the lockdown started for the c virus the pandemic the pandemic and uh you know the lockdown started happening and i said you know there's hammers and sickles there everywhere and i was like oh, this communist country you know i better get out of here like my visa was expiring soon you know i was having some visa stuff uh happening and i I thought, you know, it's probably a good time to go back to the States and visit family for a month, wait till this blows over and then, you know, go back out. And uh, little did I know, you know, you know, (laughs) what would happen once I got back to the States. So that was a surprise because, uh, you know, I I was worried about a lockdown and uh, in a communist country. But when I got back to the States, you know, I was thinking it it can't. They can't do stuff like that there or and like the people like we're above that like we make our own choices you know like we don't have the government decide you know if we're gonna get sick or not um you know we have freedoms in the u.s so i was thinking like yeah this will be a good place to go until this blows over man was i surprised you know within a week or two of uh getting back to the san francisco bay area i mean when i drove home from the airport um the 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 highway which is like six lanes per side was empty so i was like this is weird because it's usually very uh busy uh and yeah you know i've it, the, all this stuff kept on accelerating getting worse and worse and uh you know i've been uh here ever since you know that's the story but i'll be going to belarus on tuesday so i've been looking forward to that i've been studying russian language like i was saying uh want to get really good at speaking that so belarus president when c virus started he told his people to drink some vodka and get back to work (laughs) so they have open borders so uh, right now there's kind of a lull in the storm and right before election season kicks up in November, you know, I think 
um, there's going to be a lot more disturbances happening in America. And uh, I was thinking that right now it's probably like uh, my last chance to, you know, do what I do again, you know, um, get out there. Because um, my dream, you know, was always to be able to travel and be able to have a low location independent income and be able to work on the computer. So when I was in uh, university my last year before I was studying psychology, I got a psychology degree there. Um, but my last year, um, I was, you know, became determined about that goal. That's what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to do working in like a, like as a psychologist person or like going to more school or something. I decided, no, um, just going to do the bachelor's degree and then, uh, you know, start working online. And so I read the four hour work week <laughs> by Tim Ferriss and, uh, you know, eventually I, you know, figured out what affiliate marketing was and, you know, started my first, uh, website, kratomhappy.com. And, uh, it was affiliate marketing, uh, for Kratom website. And, uh, after, after, uh, you know, after I graduated, then a few months later, um, moved to Thailand, you know, making my income on that on kratomhappy.com. And then when I got to Thailand, started uh bodybuilder in thailand.com and then uh from there yeah things um had a bunch of projects a bunch of different projects a bunch of different stuff uh that i've been doing and uh rest is history you know so it's been a great adventure it's been a really great adventure and excited to get out on this next chapter um this one's gonna be like I'm 31 now too, so my priorities have changed um, as I've got older, of course. And uh, so now, um, you know, I'd like to have uh, kids in you know a few years or so. And so, um, this would be a good opportunity to find a long-term relationship. I've already been married and divorced. When I was 21 years old, I married my high school sweetheart. It was a total disaster. Got divorced when I was 23. And, uh, you know, now, ready to, ready to, ready to do it again. But it's going to be with a very traditional family woman, non-feminist, um, non-narcissistic person. So, all right, guys, getting on to the, the steroids podcast questions for today. I wanted to talk to you guys. The last, uh, the last podcast, we were talking about trend dosages, trend balloon. And, you know, what dosages produce what kind of anabolic or fat burning effects or whatever. But some people were asking me like can you take a low enough dosage that you just like won't get those effects because they do get more intense like especially the negative like sexual side effects or negative brain side effects of trend um and they do get more intense and you know as you increase the dosage but 
it's pretty much like if you have it in your system at all, it usually like if you're gonna have if you're gonna have any kind of like those effects, like those mental effects or those uh sexual side effects, um it's it's gonna happen eventually. Uh a lot of guys will take trend for the first two weeks or the first three weeks and um they won't get those side effects, but then then it sets in. Uh, so you know, a lot of times they'll they'll be taking trend and they'll be noticing the gains. You know, over the first month or something, and they're like, "Wow, I'm immune to the side effects of trend." Most everybody thinks that. I I, I thought that too during my first cycle with trend, uh, but then after a while, <laughs> you realize that that trend's just screwing with your head, <laughs> and so you're saying stuff like that. Uh, it. A lot of guys, especially like with the, with the, the sexual dysfunction too, it's like, it won't kick in for like a, maybe a month, and maybe the first two weeks it'll be the opposite. You know, like they're walking around with a boner all day, um, and very horny, mentally, uh, but then it's like boop, flick of the switch, and uh, then. Um, as my friend in Thailand said, bro, I chemically castrated myself. <laughs> uh, all right, another one I wanted to talk about before we get to the questions is the metabolism of sugar, okay? So sugar, just normal table sugar, the normal sugar that, you know, you see the ingredient sugar. Um, that molecule is made from half fructose and half glucose. So the name of the sugar molecule is called sucrose. And fructose gets processed in the liver quickly. Okay. So it gets turned into like lipid or like, um, fatty acid for being burned up in your body for energy like immediately or like by your muscles immediately for energy and if that doesn't happen it goes for the most part it goes to your fat and fruit is good okay fruit does not have a, a fast fructose effect where it's like you know ramming your body with this massive amount of fructose really quickly but sugar does okay because it has this 50 percent is 50 percent fructose and 50 percent glucose and also the fructose cannot be used as muscle glycogen so it cannot be used for uh, muscle fuel storage like uh, if there's like overload uh, so so the you want to be eating the carbs fruit is okay i'm not i'm not saying don't eat fruit but you know like when we're talking about like what is clean carbs, it means that the clean carbs is is not eating sugar, okay? Because if you have this half fructose, half glucose molecule, well, only 50% of that can get stored in your muscles as my, muscle glycogen for one thing. And then for the other thing, it screws up your insulin sensitivity in your liver. Um, it, it makes it so that your liver is less able to take... Um, more like overloaded amount of carbohydrates and it's not good for your uh, for your nutrient partitioning 
So that's why we talk about the Haribo gummy bears sometimes, because those are made by gluco with glucose syrup instead of sugar. Um, like Smarties or Sweet Tarts are also candies that are made with uh, dextrose. A lot of times is the... Yeah, dextrose is the the main ingredient in that, which um, is processed in the body as glucose. It's fully, it's similarly to glucose, it's fully available uh, for um, causing insulin to be released and then being stored in muscles as glycogen. So that's why I talk about those for the post-workout, um, you know, like within 15 minutes of finishing the workout. And the reason that you want to have some kind of like insulin event uh, quickly after your workout uh, is as long as you're not eating like a ketogenic diet or something is that during your workout you're creating more cortisol which is the opposite of anabolic steroids um, than any other time during the day and you want to cut that off as soon as possible because cortisol is the breakdown hormone okay anabolic steroids are the build-up hormone and so cortisol has the effect of neutralizing or making your steroids not work as good. So you want to, like, when we're talking about, like, building muscle and, like, optimizing things and nutrient partitioning, you want to cut off that cortisol as quickly as possible. Okay? So this is another reason why, too, that you want to use, um, you know, not normal sugar You want to uh, when you're doing this. Because the normal sugar, fructose, it doesn't cause the pancreas to release insulin okay only the glucose does so if you're eating sugar you're only getting the insulin is what immediately cuts off the cortisol when insulin levels rise cortisol goes down done instantly instantly okay so that's why you want that like insulin event right there and so if you only you know if you're only getting the insulin event from half the molecule what the hell is that Okay, and then the other stuff, the other part of it is um, it's not necessary. You know, you want to optimize that. So insulin sensitivity is a pretty big deal, guys, for the nutrient partitioning. And this tip that I'm talking to you about right now with the post-workout thing, this is super important. Uh, this is something, this is like a, something that will change the game for you. Um, so the other thing is do not train weight train fasted okay you have to at least have a scoop of whey protein in you okay because that if you weight train fasted your cortisol will be going insane and anyways the cortisol neutralizes your steroids okay and so this is the same thing this is the reason that you know at the end of the workout you got to get this insulin spike and do it quickly like bam like within like 15 minutes 10 minutes you know zero minutes <laughs> you know when you walk outside the gym uh you start doing this right then you know you can have you can have a, like a whey protein with it too you know but you know the it's it's having some kind of like a like de you know dextrose or glucose um but not you know if possible not just a normal sugar uh because that is going to be with the half fructose, which does not produce the insulin event, which is the reason that you're doing it. And then it's going to be half glucose. So you're going to, from the same amount of calories, you're only getting, um, you know, half the help that you want. And fructose is not really, you know, a great um, muscle building um, uh, type of muscle building contributing or strength con build up contributing type of carbohydrate. Um, 
but I want to also say that though, guys, that fructose is a good carbohydrate for immediate energy. So like, obviously a lot of you guys know that eating fruit helps you feel energy. Yeah. It's good, you know, to have fructose, eat it for energy. Um, but it doesn't store well, it doesn't store well in the body. Okay. So anyways, you got to have this insulin event because you got to get rid of that cortisol. Okay. So when you get out of the gym, you got to get rid of the steroid neutralizing hormone cortisol. Okay. And the way that you do this is you make your insulin go up. Okay. And it has an effect where it just zaps the cortisol, just turns it off. It's done. Okay. And so the way that you do that is the best way to do it is to have some kind of like dextrose or glucose, um, like candy or supplement. Um, not a lot, you know, unless you are, are like bulking, if you're bulking, then yeah, you could have up to like, honestly, like a hundred grams <laughs> of, of, uh, of that kind of carb source. Um, but you know, for the mo most part, you know, most people are going to be having, you know, something like 25 grams being enough to make this event happen, you know, so it'd be a, a hundred calories worth or 50 grams, you know, being like pretty normal, pretty standard. So 200 calories worth, um, and sources for that, like easy sources for that, you know, would be like any of this supplements, you know, like a dextrose powder supplement or something like that, that you mix with your whey protein, uh, and you had it ready for you when you like, you know, the moment you left the gym. Um, or another one would be, um, use, uh, a lot of times at like Seven Eleven or something like that. You know, they have these Haribo glucose syrup, uh, gold bears. Um, the sour ones are the best ones. And, uh, those, yeah, glucose syrup, those, what those are made of, not, not normal sugar. And then, uh, the other ones is like Smarties and sweet tarts. Those are made with dextrose. Okay. So these will also, you know, either of those are going to be the same thing as like taking the supplement that you get the powder, you know, and put it like in your shake or something, you know, those candies are going to have the exact same effect in your body because that's the type of carbohydrate it is. So, woo, glad we went over that. Glad we went over that carbohydrate stuff because that is a little bit more intense. I try to keep things really like easily explainable on here. So that like I'm trying to make it so that like everybody can always understand and you, you know, you don't need to be a scientist at all in order to like listen to this podcast, you know, it, it's spoken about in my own words so that, you know, anyone could understand it. And it's, you know, as simple as possible. But uh, this subject was a little bit more of those one of those subjects that's like woo so the bottom line is just your body makes a steroid uh, and uh, muscle breakdown hormone while you're working out and you want to cut it off as soon as possible when you finish your workout so you need to spike your insulin and you do that by eating glucose or dextrose basically okay wanted to remind you guys to visit www.steroidspodcast.com sign up for the VIP email list and then I will have your first name and your email address so that 
next time the social media bastards come through and delete me off of YouTube, delete me off of Apple Podcasts, delete me off of Spotify, delete me off of SoundCloud, delete me off of Google Podcasts, that I'll be able to have your email address and we won't be disconnected. And I'll be able to send you an email and say, hey, I got deleted from social media. It's not going to be some kind of thing where I'm sending you advertisements, so don't worry about that. It's actually to ensure the fact that you won't lose this podcast, you know, if it just phantomly disappears one day like my old YouTube channel did. Okay. Um, and other things like I've already noticed that, um, you know, like the, the website, you know, www.steroidspodcast.com. Instagram won't let you uh, send links uh, on that. So, you know, they've already, they're already censoring it, you guys. They don't want you to have this information. They do not want you to know the truth. They want to maintain the status quo. They don't want you thinking outside the box. Just follow their plan. Follow their plan. That's how the people in power think, okay? basically in all areas of life that's how the, most people at the top are thinking so you have to re recognize that and then act accordingly so that's why we need to go to the steroidspodcast.com website and sign up for the vip email list it's a pop-up that comes up after about 30 seconds when you're on one of the pages for the you know the podcast episodes on the site so that we can fight online censorship and win against these technocrats all right the first question of the day is from ryan who asks do you think that tristan lee kid is natural man <laughs> i know he's small which makes him look more jacked than he actually is but the separation and lack of subcutaneous water looks a little winstrollish to me okay yeah there's this there's this kid he's like on youtube but so he's like a really small man. He's not that young. I think he's like 17 or 18 years old, but he looks like he's 10. Okay. So he's a very, very small young man and he's very ripped. Um, and he has a great physique. Okay. But you know, he says he's natural and that's obviously not true. You know, anyone can look at that body and know that, that that's not what human beings look like when they're natural. Okay. I, I mean, that is so obvious. Look at all the human beings that you've ever seen naturally. Just, you know, the dudes you grew up with when you were in middle school or when you were in high school, whatever, who weren't on the football team taking steroids. <laughs> and did any of them look like that? Okay? Even remotely anywhere near it in the same universe? The answer is no. That's because he's on drugs. All right, Nutritionist asks, Hi, Dan. I have a question for the podcast. It's not about steroids, but involves bodybuilding. What do you think about liposuction use as a local fat loss agent for areas that is very difficult to lose fat, like abdominal and back fat storage? Oh, yeah, this guy is Nutritionista, actually. So I, I could tell he's a South American guy, and you guys know that I was living in uh, Colombia for a while. And uh, so I got to know uh, South American culture, and man, was that interesting. It is so different than Asian culture, for example. You know, I've been, you know, lived in a bunch of countries in Asia, uh, you know, spent years in Thailand, Philippines, Vietnam, etc. Uh, 
but when I went to South America, wow, they have got, you know, they do things the South American way down there. And so you guys, these girls get butt injections, like all of them, like all of them. Okay. So that's like, that's what's like basically just totally like worship down there. And so, you know, it opened my eyes so much to how prevalent that type of thing is, you know, when you see, you know, these girls on Instagram and stuff, uh, because I'm talking about like, even the women there who were like 50 years old, 60 years old, had freaking butt injections, man. It was nuts. So <laughs> all ages had them. It was so bizarre. And uh, <laughs> so it's like a cultural thing, you know, like the butt injections down there. It's definitely like a cultural thing. Um, and then like a lot of uh, liposuction was also very popular. And, you know, so many of the girls were getting the butt injections and the, the liposuction. And, uh, and and it worked really well, actually. Like the, the way that the liposuction, you know, the fat loss from that doesn't look natural. But, I mean... You would watch these girls eat for a while and, like, gain fat. And then, you know, they'd go to the doctor and the doctor would, you know, suck it all out. And then they'd be thin again. You know, it doesn't look the same as when you lose the fat naturally, you know. But it did, it did work, you know. So, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, we were talking about insulin at the beginning of this uh, this podcast. So I'll, there's there's people that are genetically lean okay and these guys usually do well with dieting on carbs okay but guys who are not born that way bro the secret is to just if you want to lose your fat just don't eat carbs anymore you just eat meat and vegetables and you can have a little bit of fruit um like a couple pieces a day uh, but other than that you just eat green vegetables and meat um and you don't produce barely any insulin at all the storage hormone Okay. Insulin is the storage hormone. That's what makes the, the fat cell cannot take in energy if there is not insulin in the blood for the most part, you know, you know, so it basically turns your fat cells into a, uh, th there are some exceptions to that. Okay. So for the scientists out there, uh, but the, the, uh, the fat cell becomes when you eat like this, it becomes a one way street. That normally when you're eating and your insulin levels are going up and down all the time, um, you know, having these spikes, it's, uh, you know, eating carbohydrates all the time, you know, your fat cells are taking in and putting out energy all throughout the day. But man, when you don't have barely any insulin anymore, that is the storage hormone. You get rid of the storage hormone, you get rid of your body fat, especially if you're on steroids, dude, because then you're not getting rid of the energy from the muscle getting rid of it from the fat cells so anyways for guys that are not genetically lean and you're like i'll never be able to get lean <laughs> and you know and you know you feel like uh you know you have to have the carbs it's because it's because they cause an addiction and after you know seven days of not having them and like basically going through what is like the same as like <laughs> You know, like withdrawals from like hard drugs or something, you know, uh, you know, because that's the way it is, like getting off of that sugar addiction. And then you feel fantastic after that um, and so much more in control of your life and so much in more in control of your like weight and everything. It's like not even hard at all to lose weight after that point. 
It's just like, what in the hell? How was this ever even a problem before? Okay? So that, for, for you guys that, you, you know, you really are having a hard time losing weight and you don't know how to lose weight effectively, okay? And, you know, you hear all this conflicting shit on the internet. I'm telling you, you don't even need to count your calories at all, okay? If you just eat meat and vegetables and a little bit of fruit, if you want it, a couple times a day, a couple pieces or something like that. But other than that, you just eat meat and green vegetables, okay? It supplies all the nutrients that you need to survive, and you should eat fatty meat when you do that too, okay? I'm talking like red meat, fatty fish, stuff like that. I'm not talking about lean meat, okay? And you can use oil when you're cooking it too, okay? But if you just eat like in in this style, okay, you don't have to count your calories, and you can get as lean as you want fast, okay? It torches your fat. It torches it. So if you're thinking about um, liposuction, I'm guessing that you are feeling like at a loss. Like, you know, weight loss is very hard and, you know, you're and, and oh, impossible. You know, what is what is being tried is not working. And it seems like, you know, there's some something is not working. Something is missing. Some piece of information is missing. The answer is that you've got to eliminate the storage hormone, insulin, okay? There's still a small, for you scientists, there's still a small bit of insulin that is released from protein, but it's not enough uh, when you're on steroids. It's not enough to make the fat cells uh, take any of the energy instead of the uh, muscles instead from what you're eating. So if you just get rid of that hormone by stop eating those carbohydrates, you just drop the carbohydrates from your diet and just eat fatty meat, the green vegetables, okay, and you no longer have the storage hormone in your blood, your fat cells become a one-way street and uh, out of your body, you know, nothing goes in, only things go out, and, uh, you know, after a week of suffering, getting rid of that heinous addiction to uh, sugar, you know, it's loaded into all of the food that is packaged and everything for a reason, okay, it's extremely, extremely addictive, and that's why you have to you know, when you're addicted to it, you have to, like, have it every few hours or else you start shaking and shit, okay? There's a lot of money being made off of that, okay? So, I, I know that a lot of you guys, you know, have tried, you know, doing something like dropping carbs before and thought, you know, like, this was the most horrible thing ever or something like this. And I've been there. I've been there, okay? I've been there. It took me a lot of years to, to learn this. Um, but this is the way. This is the truth. If you feel like I can't lose weight, this is the way. All right. The next question is from Anonymous. Hi, Dan. Now I know why I'm always getting the flu. It happens when the oil leaks from my muscle and spreads to some parts of my body. Do you have any explanation why this happens and how I can prevent it? Yeah. That's a good question. So what's happening is that when you are taking the intramuscular injection the and you put the needle into your body it's like making a tunnel into your muscle and so like that tunnel um you know after you finish um you know injecting the oil into your muscle and then you pull the needle out that tunnel is like a, a pathway that you know that oil in there that is inside the muscle you know it's under pressure that's why you feel that pressure in your muscle so it can come squirting out basically um, or leaking out slowly, um, very slowly, um, 
over hours of that muscle tissue and then mixing with the subcutaneous fat. And it makes a mess because, you know, the actual hormone is lipid-based, the same as uh, the fat, you know, above the muscle. And uh, also the carrier oil is also lipid-based. So it basically, like, meshes with all that body fat. And you can see it. it usually goes with gravity. You usually get, like, this rash on your skin as it drops, as it leaks out of the muscle and into this fat underneath the skin. And uh, you'll get a rash that is, like, a red rash. And it might have, like, some itchiness. And it'll be pretty big, you know. It can get about the same size as, like, your entire hand, like, even with all your fingers, you know, like a, like that kind of, uh, like, area. Um and that when it leaks out like this and it'll always go with gravity it will it will never uh from wherever the uh the site was because it's the oil that is leaking out like that and then it starts passing through all of the fat cells because it's all lipid based so it like just like mixes right through it with gravity pulling it through it and causes that um you know that is very irritating to your body uh and and so you get like an allergic reaction you know, your body recognizes intruder alert, intruder alert. And so you can get like some test flu symptoms, you know, something like uh, a fever or something like that. If that happens, it's, it's usually not that bad. But I mean, it's it's not a pleasant thing. How you can stop it for the most part is for one thing, don't use gear that is like a high milligrams per milliliter. Use it low milligrams per milliliter. So like 50 milligrams per milliliter testosterone propionate, 250 milligrams per milliliter testosterone enanthate. 100 milligrams per milliliter primobolin, um, uh, 300 milligrams per milliliter equipoise, uh, 200 milligrams per milliliter deca, stuff like that, 100 milligrams per milliliter trend. You don't want to be using stuff that's like 500 milligrams per milliliter testosterone or like 150 milligrams per milliliter trend. Like, leave all that out. Leave all that out. That stuff is junk. It's made with inferior ingredients. In order to get the, the oil to, to fit, um, the like the steroid hormone to fit into that small amount of oil, you know, high milligrams in one milliliter. They have to use like synthetic oils and uh, you know not natural, and also solvents that are harsh and it creates allergic reaction more. Okay, pharmaceutical grade gear uses very high quality ingredients, and some UGLs too use high, very high quality ingredients. Um, and you th there won't be you know like a huge inflammation. There'll be like a minor inflammation. You know, like the muscle is kind of like bigger for a few days after the shot um, and maybe feels like, you know, you kind of got kicked there or something a little bit. But it's it's not, you know, like this huge problem as far as it leaking out as soon as you take. So when you put the needle into you, when you're doing the injection, it's slow. You know, you don't like jam it into you. You like slowly put it into you with the muscle relaxed. And then when you're done, though, and you take it out, you do it quickly. OK, you just it's in one motion like you go like boop, and it's out. So so. Like, like, say you have the, the, you know, you're going to press the needle in. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Like, that's probably how long it would take me to get like a one inch needle in me or something like that. Okay. And then when I take it out, it's just like one and it's done, you know? So it's just one motion. Boom. You just take it out. It's not a slow thing. Okay. This is to prevent it leaking out. Okay. And then as soon as you do that, um, start slam your your palm of your hand into the injection site okay the ball of your hand and really put pressure and rub and massage right on that area okay and so that tunnel that the needle just made you know which would be like a tunnel for the oil inside to come squirting out or leaking out 
you know, you really want to, you know, really massage that muscle around and really get it worked up, you know, so you can close that tunnel and get that, uh, get that other tissue around, um, closed up, uh, to get it all stuck back together and stuff. Okay. <laughs> so don't use irritating gear. Number one, don't use high milligrams per milliliter gear or gear made with, uh, synthetic oils. And number two, take the needle out fast at the end of the injection. Number three, you know, really with a lot of pressure, you know, at the moment that you get that needle out, um, you know, really press on the injection site and massage it around. Okay. And do that for like 30 seconds. Okay. That's going to really help. Okay. Next question. Jake asks, Hey, love the podcast. Whenever I take MK677, I notice that my appetite shoots up, but I can stay relatively lean even though I eat like shit on it. One thing I notice is when I take it, my body temperature shoots up about one to two hours afterwards. Is this a consequence of an increase in metabolism? It's interests me how human growth hormone can help to burn fat. I was wondering if you could elaborate a little on how this works and your experience with it. Yeah, so MK677 is a growth hormone secreted gog. It's a, it's a tablet you take, and it makes your, your pituitary gland um, secrete the natural growth hormone that you have. Uh, so it doubles your growth hormone levels. Um, the way that it does this is that there's a hormone in your stomach that gets released called ghrelin. When your stomach becomes empty and you're hungry, your stomach releases this hormone called ghrelin that goes to your pituitary gland and stimulates your pituitary gland to release growth hormone. It's to make it so to help not break down muscle tissue, uh, you know, when you have an empty stomach. Uh, it's an anti-catabolic hormone. And to help body fat be released to, you know, because the stomach is empty, okay? So that's what the hormone ghrelin does. So what MK677 is, is it's an analog of ghrelin. So that, that hormone ghrelin makes you hungry. In addition to stimulating the release of growth hormone, it also is the hunger hormone. It's the hormone that your body produces to make you say, I'm hungry. So it's a catch-22. When you take MK677, the main effect that you notice is my appetite is insane. That's the main effect of taking MK677. Your appetite goes insane. And then it doubles your growth hormone levels. It's good for keeping you lean when you're bulking, but it's not good for cutting. Because the whole thing with cutting is you've got to stay on the diet. Um, and, and that's, you know, mentally, the, you know, that's part of the challenge, okay? So, you know, people that just say, you've got to stay on the diet. And that's all they do, or like personal trainers that say that, but then they can't help you mentally in order to get to the headspace that you can be to like do that. You know, that's a crock of shit. You know, you can't just, you know, say someone, stay on the diet. You have to be able to work with each individual person. So that's a personal annoyance of mine with people who do that. Um, so, yeah, it the ghrelin, right? That's what MK677. Your body sees it as ghrelin. It thinks it's ghrelin, so it's the hunger hormone. It stimulates growth hormone release. Um, it can be beneficial um, for, for bulking, yes. Um, but for cutting, no, it's not good for cutting. Not good. People talk about it burning, you know, being a fat burner or something. That's not a, that's not a good use for it, guys. 
uh, injectable growth hormone, on the other hand, is in another world than MK677 growth hormone secretagogue, okay? It's in another world. And it's not generic injectable growth hormone either, guys. It is pharmaceutical-grade injectable growth hormone, okay? So ones that would be sold in a pharmacy that would be sold for a hospital, for human consumption that a doctor would be comfortable giving someone. If it's not that, it's bullshit. No matter what the tests say, no matter what the reviews say, I'm not saying this to tell you, like, make you disappointed. I'm saying this to save you. I'm saying this to save you. <laughs> save you from wasting your money. Because that generic stuff is still a significant cost, okay? But it's dog shit. You don't want to put that stuff in you. You don't want to put that crap in you. And it doesn't burn fat, okay? That stuff doesn't burn fat. The only stuff that burns fat is pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone, preferably pens. But if it's in a vial, too, it, it's fine as long as it's pharmaceutical-grade, okay? So there's a USA one that is popular, Zomactin brand. Um, there's Pfizer Genotropin. There's um, Novo Nordisk Norditropin. Um, there's... Um, Zerendip in Mexico, uh, and there's Humatrope. Humatrope is a pharmaceutical grade growth hormone. Uh, there's Sizen, there's Serostim, um, there's Omnitrope, there's Gintropin in a box with all Russian writing, no English, and there's Ansimone, which has some Chinese and English writing on it. But that's Chinese mainland pharmaceutical grade growth hormone. Um, you know, if it's if it's uh, not one of those, I would be, uh, I, you know, I could have missed a couple there. But those were the main brands that are uh, available. The pen technology is the best technology for the preservative. So when it gets to you, it will be in the best quality if it's in a pen injection device. So that's a uh, growth hormone in. Yeah, it's if you get this kind of growth hormone, okay, guys, not any of these other shit types of growth hormone, then you will know what I'm talking about within within one week. You'll know what I'm talking about. You will look more 3D. Your muscles will all look more 3D. You will look like you're flying more because your body looks, you know, like pumped up, like flying very wide. And, but you have to combine it with steroids. You can't take it alone. It has to be combined with steroids, okay? This is more like advanced stuff using growth hormone, okay? And then, you know, that happens within the first, like, three to four days, five days, you know, that you notice, you know, whoa, my muscles look different. And then after that, about one week, you start noticing, whoa, my body fat is melting off of my stomach, but I didn't change my diet. And before, it was not melting off of my stomach, Okay. That's what pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone does. And uh, those effects start to come on lightly but noticeably at 2 IUs per day. And um, at 4 to 6 IUs per day, at 4 IUs per day, it's potent. It's freaking there. At 6 IUs per day, it's like best, best. Okay. So that's how it, uh, it directly, when you inject it like that, it uh, it has a, an effect that is no that um, you know no MK677 could ever hope to compare, not in their wildest dreams, to this. 
<laughs> and you know it doesn't hold a candle to it anybody who says it does is just lying their freaking ass off to you and uh you know when you use this stuff it works it just works okay it directly goes to the fat cells growth hormone receptor and makes it release its freaking fatty acids its lipids into the bloodstream to get burnt up so you go for a, do a little exercise get rid of that fat especially when you're fasted when you wake up in the morning all right, next question. Johnny asks, love to hear your thoughts on the cycle that many hypothesized Mike Mentzer built his physique on. High dose DECA and D-ball. And also, what do you feel is the optimal diet uh, to coincide with this type of cycle? High protein, moderate carb, and low fat? Yeah, that was the main cycle of... A lot of years, guys. Testosterone wasn't really used much, especially not at high dosages, until uh, aromatase inhibitors were, you know, invented and being used for breast cancer. Um, you know, Arimidex um, and uh, Letrozole, Exemestane, which was late late eighties, mid eighties, early nineties, and uh, that's when testosterone use became popular and that's also coincides when people got a lot bigger you know bodybuilders uh, which was for a number of factors but testosterone was one of the factors in that because now more people were able to use high dose testosterone without you know having a lot of estrogen and build uh, get a lot bigger because it's so effective at making you big um but uh the before that you know a cycle like deca and d-ball for bulking and DECA and Winstrol for a competition, that was the standard because DECA doesn't create a lot of estrogen, guys. So if people had any kind of like a, and DECA only, like without um, testosterone, usually doesn't cause a sexual dysfunction or like DECA and D-ball or DECA and Winstrol, it doesn't usually cause sexual dysfunction. There's a, there's, there's a, a mixing when testosterone and DECA are mixed together. It uh, usually causes some sexual dysfunction that needs to be a, corrected with something like Pramipexil or Cabergoline, Decadic, similar to Trendic. But when you do it without the testosterone, uh, it usually doesn't cause that effect. So, you know, for bulking, Deca, D-ball, for, for uh, cutting, contest prep, uh, Deca, and Winstraw. And it's not a very estrogenic hormone. Back then, they just if they did have any problems at all, uh, they would use Nolvidex, Nolvidex and uh, yeah if you wanted to be you know if you like that look if you like that golden era look and you want to do what the golden era guys did um, yeah you, you should use their their cycles I mean I like that look too but I feel that now that uh, you know we have testosterone and uh, we have some aromatase inhibitors aromatase inhibitors have some own health effects of their own uh, but you know testosterone is a very healthy steroid and it is very very effective and uh, I use testosterone and most people recommend that you use testosterone now that's the that's the way that things go now but that whole thing about like you know you need testosterone in your cycle never do a cycle without testosterone no one had ever heard of that before the early 2000s the late 90s that's a new thing you guys that's not the way that bodybuilders have traditionally been, okay? So when people are trying to 
go crazy about something like that, just ignore it. Um, but when you are doing your cycle, make sure that it has some kind of estrogenic component to it, okay? Because testosterone has an estrogenic component to it, and you need a little bit of estrogen just to have normal functioning, normal energy in your brain to work right. Uh, you need to have a little bit. It's necessary. Uh, so you'll feel like shit if you don't have any estrogen. Uh, so if you take a cycle, you know, like Winstrol and Masteron together, like that is producing no estrogen. And you're going to feel like shit. You're going to look like shit. And uh, it's not going to be fun. So what you do is you've got to have some kind of estrogen producing thing. Okay. So DECA produces a little bit of estrogen. Okay. It's a, it's a, uh, produces a little bit of estrogen and Deanabol, obviously that can produce estrogen as well. Okay. So if you have DECA and D-ball, it's doing that, you know, you're doing a hormone replacement. You're getting the full spectrum hormones. Okay. Or if somebody took DECA and Winstrol, or if someone took DECA and Primo, the DECA would still be putting some little bit of estrogen molecules into the blood. Okay, so things would be working good. That's the main thing that you got to watch out for. That's why you don't want to do a cycle again. Like, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to do Turinabol and Proviron because Turinabol doesn't create estrogen and neither does Proviron. All right. Or you wouldn't want to do Masteron and Primabolin because you've got to have this little bit of estrogen, right, for the full spectrum hormone replacement. To be an operating person. <laughs> if you don't, you're going to run into problems. So that's the re the guys that are saying like, why would you ever do a cycle without test? Are you insane? It's the background of, you know, why that came up has to do with this whole thing that I just explained. Okay, next question Hey, bro, I'm a listener to the Steroids podcast. Also new follower on Instagram at Bodybuilder in Thailand and at Steroids Podcast. I'm going to start a 12-week testinanthate cycle at 750 milligrams a week with six-week oral winstrol at 50 milligrams every day added to the last six weeks of the cycle. What anti-estrogen do you recommend? I keep handy during the cycle. And what PCT protocol would you recommend? Yeah, so 12 weeks, 750 testosterone, 6 weeks. Um, at the uh, the last 6 weeks of the cycle, 50 milligrams Anadrol every day. Cool, that sounds good. Sounds like a good cycle. Um, the So I'm, I'm guessing you're going to be bulking at the beginning and then uh, doing some cutting at the end. Um, and... With the anti-estrogen, the easiest one to control estrogen with that is, like, not strong, like the most average out of Eximestane, Letrozole, and Arimidex, is Arimidex. Like, for your first time, Arimidex is a good one to just use because it's, like, the easiest to use and it's the most forgiving. And when you use it, you just have to wait until you start to feel, like, any kind of side effects, like, you know, lines in your skin when you wake up in the morning from where you were on your bed or, you know, red skin, um... And, you know, swollen prostate, you know, uh, itchy nipples, stuff like that. Uh, and, and, you know, as soon as you feel any of those side effects, then you just take, you know, one tablet or a half tablet. It's up to you, you know, how aggressive you want to be of uh, anti-estrogen, Arimidex. And then you just uh, wait. You wait 24 hours, see how you feel, and see if you need more. 
and that's how you figure it out you guys there's no cookie cutter dosage for saying like you know how much uh arimidex or antiestrogen does someone need you know one guy might need zero on 2500 milligrams per week and another guy might need one milligram every single day on 750 milligrams per week it is so variable in how much estrogen uh people convert uh, that they it's is a totally personalized thing so you have to remember that when you read like cookie cutter stuff about anti-estrogen dosages and saying like oh for this cycle this is a good anti-estrogen dosage that is wrong it is only personal it must be customized this aspect is one of it, it is the most essential aspect to feeling good while using gear there is if there's anything that is important to having a good experience and not feeling like crap this is the most important one okay all right, next question is from Dave. Asks, hey, Dan, question for the next pod. I'll be starting my first steroid cycle. I'm 58 year, 54 years old, and I'm going to start with 12 weeks of testy and week 6 through 12, 40 milligrams Winstrol. Okay, very similar to the last guy. And um, he's also considering taking metformin. What do you think of this cycle? And thanks for your ebook, Ultimate Guide to Roids fantastic book yeah you guys are picking out good first cycles you know these these cycles that these guys are picking out you know what they're doing is they're doing three months of testosterone you got to take your cycle for like three months guys be, you know for you guys that want to maybe do it for shorter because for whatever reason uh the actual tissue is not going to set in really like at all unless you reach like 12 weeks you know three months like other than that, the gains are going to be way too transient where you get off cycle and it's like, it's not fun. Um, so these guys have good ideas about these cycles, 12-week cycle and six weeks of an oral with it. And also, if you notice the oral that these guys are picking, they're picking Winstrol. That's a good oral to do on your first cycle because you want your cycle to not be like this really complicated thing. And Winstrol makes no female hormones. Handling the female hormones is the most important part of feeling good while using gear. And if it's going to be really difficult and like this huge pain in the ass or like nearly impossible, uh, you know, it's such a struggle to be controlling the female hormones. It's really going to rain on the parade of your first cycle and make it so much more dif difficult, frustrating and so much more like a roller coaster. So when, when you're just, uh, you know, getting introduced to this like this, you know, these guys are picking these orals that they're pairing with their, uh, they're pairing it with the testosterone and these orals don't produce any female hormones, Winstrol, okay? There's a few different orals and, and orals make a big difference too. They're more like bang and, and have like a really noticeable effect where their testosterone, especially like long acting testosterone, testosterone ethane is more of a gradual thing, okay? So it can be like exciting to use an oral steroid because of that, um, and uh yeah there there's a few other ones uh orals that don't turn into any female hormones like you have terinabol um anivar um winstrol of course superdrol is another one um but then you have ones like dball that turn into estrogen few other ones that turn into estrogen too a lot of guys you know thinking like oh i should take d-ball for my first cycle that's going to be a lot more difficult than taking one that does not you know d-ball does make you big and it makes you strong okay but it's also a mess 
uh, for a lot of guys. For some guys, it's not, but for a lot of guys, it's a watery female hormone mess. Uh, so it's hard to control. It's very powerful, but it's very hard to control. For your first cycle, you know, having things go smooth, uh, but, you know, still being powerful enough to, you know, get make you be like, wow, I'm on gear now. You know, something like Winstrol, Terinabol, Anavar, or even Anadrol at about 50 milligrams per day, 40, 50 milligrams, 60 milligrams per day with 750 testosterone per week. I mean, you know, without a lot of side effects and with not having to be going wild, you know, trying to control everything, that's going to be enough to, you know, really make a difference in your physique if you do that kind of thing, you know, oral for six weeks, testosterone for six weeks. And it'll do that without making you, like, use, you know, crazy, uh, you know, more risky hormones, you know, that are going to be screwing you up. Uh, Like, I I don't mean, like, screwing you up long-term, but just being a roller coaster, being a pain in the butt. All right, next question. And this is the last question for the day. Patrick asks... Hey man, first, great job. Love the podcast. I'm home now from eye surgery and I already listened to everything. Wow. That's a lot because we're up to like more than 36 hours total now. So I'm glad you were listening, taking an intensive learning in the hospital with your eye surgery. If I may have a question, can I start cycle if I already have a little gyno in right nipple? Almost no sensitive if i start some light cycle like 500 milligrams testosterone per week and some sarms like lgd and anastrozole and tamoxifen in hand is it okay or is there some difference on cycle if i already have gyno thank you very much and sorry for my english (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad that that you sent in your question man don't uh thank you for not being shy about english not being the first language and giving it a try um because I can understand you perfectly. So before you start your cycle, why don't you just talk, take a little bit of uh, tamoxifen, like you were saying. Tamoxifen is a, the generic chemical name for Nolodex. That's the brand name, Nolodex, for the pharmaceutical. Uh, so if you have tamoxifen, if you take that at 40 to 60 milligrams per day, um, usually that alone, if you're natural, if you do that for two or three weeks, it will significantly shrink your gyno. Uh, like if you have a lump inside your nipple um, and there's, you know, everybody has some tissue in there, right? Everybody has a gland in there. It's not empty inside. There's something in there, right? But if you've got a, you know, a mass in there that you can tell like, oh, this is a, you know, a ball in here and it's, uh, it's not pliable and it's, you know, it's bigger than the tip of my finger. <laughs> uh then then yeah that's that's gyno and you know that's the the development of the gland a little bit you know instead of being totally undeveloped in there and but you can shrink it down by starving it of estrogen and that's what the Novadex does the tamoxifen it goes to the it specifically goes to that tissue that nipple tissue um and blocks the estrogen receptor there and then it starves of the estrogen which it needs to survive it's one of the reasons why women, when they take steroids, their breasts melt. They just, their breasts just die and just go away. Di- taking steroids for women directly attacks their breasts and destroys them. And it makes like a gyno looking thing. It replaces the breasts with like a gyno looking uh, 
chest thing. It's very odd. So before you take your cycle, because it's gonna once you're on cycle, it's pretty hard if you get gyno to like shrink it, because you have high hormone levels in general, and just shrinking it doesn't work that good. But if you start, um, before if if you're off cycle, like if you're on a cruise or if you take a break from a cycle, or if you're you're natural and you haven't done it yet, if you take Novadex, you know you start at 20 milligrams per day, and then you know most likely to get it to actually shrink, you're gonna have to move up the 40 to 60 milligrams of Novadex tamoxifen per day. And once you're up on those levels, usually after, you know, seven days, it will be significantly shrunk. And then, you know, you'll get some more shrinkage within uh, a total of two to three weeks. And then you could go off of it and then you could start your cycle without the gyno. Is it going to, you know, mess up your cycle with 500 testosterone and some LGD if you've got a little bit of gyno already? Because that was your question. And uh, the, the answer is no, it's not going to mess up your cycle, but I can tell you're worried about it. So I was giving you that advice just to help you uh, not, you know, have anxiety and uh, run into problems on your cycle and uh, just to take care of it. Um, but, uh, you know, with what you have and you say, you know, you got a little bit of um, gyno in one of your nipples. It, if you notice anything, you know, during your cycle, like if that area is in pain or um, if it's burning or if it's, uh, you know, growing, <laughs> uh, you know, you, what you need to do is you need to take tamoxifen and you need to take the anastrozole together, um, to make that stop immediately. But during your cycle, um, you should, you should be regularly taking anastrozole or Remedex. Um, if you ever notice any, just like barely irritation in the nipple, you know, that would be every time you'd taken a Remedex. Every time you notice some, some, uh, it starts to, you start to notice it. You'd be like, okay, time to take an Arimidex. And then, uh, if you know, you were doing that and, uh, it was still bothering you, uh, not going away. And you're, you're doing this like every day or something now on your cycle, add in the tamoxifen, you know, if you're, this is, if you're really sensitive to gyno or if you've got gyno already and you do not want it to grow. Or if you wanted to just, you know, guarantee that there's no gyno at all, <laughs> you could just take tamoxifen, uh, Novadex throughout the whole cycle. Um, and then, you know, as well as that, try to manage the estrogen levels, the total body estrogen levels at the same time as with the anastrozole or Remedex. Uh, but then just keeping the, the Novadex in constantly. Uh, to just always block that receptor, even if the estrogen, the nipple receptor of the estrogen, even if the levels are high. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or Steroids Podcast on Instagram. Until next time.